welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and on this Sunday, fun day, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just drinking a bubbly. Um, I am joined by a buddy of mine, uh, he's a drummer of the uh, hot buzz band, uh, Maybe Hazel. Uh, they have a debut EP that came out um, a couple months ago, it's called Direct to Home Video. I'm excited to talk to him about his artistry and why he does what he does. Thank you, Preston Thurler, for joining me today. Ben, thank you for having me. So <laughs> you're <laughs> most you're most welcome, man. <laughs> so um, the hot buzz band, huh? That's what maybe Hazel's gonna yeah. be. Yeah, okay. I think so. I think you guys have mad potential. Um, I think you guys are gonna um, pack Cactus Club when all of this is over. I think so. I. I would love to do that. That would be great. I hope there is yeah. a Cactus Club by the time things open up. But you know, I'm confident that there will be. Um, okay. You know, I uh, people uh, the the scene has been rallying around that place, which is good. That is a cornerstone yeah. place. But um, yeah, man. Uh, well, we'll talk about the Buzz Band in a little bit. But to start, uh, okay. sure. Yeah, uh, but to start, Preston, uh, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I am. Uh, there's been like levels of quarantine for me, I think. Um, and right now I am on the uh, the big reading phase of quarantine. Uh, I just got a bunch of Stephen King books from the library. I just finished Pet Cemetery, which was phenomenal. Um, and now I'm on to Carrie, or sorry, I'm on to Misery. And uh, oh, yeah. I. I'm enjoying it very much. So, oh, good. Yeah. Have that you seen and, the movie? Yeah, that and I might. No, I'm waiting until I finish the book to watch the movie, uh, which I did for Pet Cemetery. And uh, don't do that. Uh, both movies are not good. Uh, yeah, at all, but... sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I loved the Misery movie, but I haven't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not much of a reader that should change soon sure. probably but i have seen a, a decent amount of movies um that are based on stephen king novels um like uh the mist Shawshank redemption the mist <laughs> the myth the mist is awesome yeah. i love that movie uh frank darabont who also made Shawshank redemption which is another yeah. stephen king adaptation uh yeah, and uh, The Mist is a short story that's in a collection that I also um, I got for my birthday. Right. Um, so, yeah. Dope. Well, that's good. Um, How are you doing? Yeah. Um, yeah, for one, it's great that your <laughs> your quarantine consists of a reading phase because mine sure as hell has not right. yet. Um, Never too late. <laughs> um, but no, I'm... Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of time for you to do it. So yeah mostly so i've been good um i got my unemployment finally uh after waiting for two months for it so i actually have money now um trying to decide where to spend all of it um but uh yeah i've been good i've just been doing a lot of these podcasts doing a lot of breaking and entering some pr uh making time to watch movies that came out in the last year as well as listen to a lot of new music both of them so both movies that came out last year 
yeah, I, I watched both of them, actually. No, <laughs> there, there's been some good ones that have come out um, in the last year. Um, a lot of documentaries came out, actually, in the last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, that I've been enjoying. Any that, but, spark um, your, any that spark your fancy, specifically? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorites was uh, Class Action Park, which you can watch on Netflix. And it's about Action Park, which was a, a water park in the 1980s and 90s that was notorious for guests getting injured like every single day. Mm. And it was like uh, run by like kids basically that were like incompetent and like, you know, 15, 16 year olds and shit. Like those were all the staff. It was like, like, You'll, you'll, you'll just be bewildered by how that place stayed open for so long um but uh that one's a really interesting one um and then also uh also another good one is uh disclosure which is about um how trans folks are portrayed in the media uh which is very important you know obviously it's something very important to be like to look at you know, from, from, from their lens. Um, and, uh, feels, what is it? Uh, feels good, man, I think is what it's called, but that one's about how Pepe the frog became a, uh, a symbol of white supremacy. Oh, sure. Yeah. I would love to see that one specifically that, uh, cause it's not every day you get a documentary that you were there for, or you could be like, oh yeah, that's right. I remember uh, it was a funny frog, and then it wasn't. Uh, but yeah, um, a, do a documentary from 2020 that I saw that was really dope. Uh, it's called uh, The Pickup Game, I think. Uh, and it was all about like uh, the the like kind of grift of like pickup artists. Uh, like, oh, like get any girl in like six minutes, like right off the street, like start a, start a conversation and stuff. Yeah. And it's uh, it's so like these people will pay like thousands and thousands of dollars to go to like camps to like be trained to like do this and then there's videos of them like of students trying to pick up girls in public and it's just so cringy yeah. like it's uh it's as someone who's like usually terrified of confrontation in general like just watching that i'm like oh like specifically there's one lesson that they do where like they they train the students to like immediately put your hand or your arm around like the woman oh God. and uh Jeez. i know and just and just watching it it's like oh, it made my skin crawl because i was just like how c you don't understand like they they stop seeing them as people which is a big yeah. Ooh. Yeah. but uh it like it's exactly. amazing because they were it's amazing because they were actually able to interview the the grifters who are putting it on because uh they really believe this stuff they're like oh yeah like i'll totally describe everything to you about my grift because i i actually believe in it uh like no there's nothing wrong with this yeah you treat them like like animals like that's what you do and it, and it's just so like weird seeing that uh very fascinating but yeah yeah it's such a like chauvinist ego thing to like yeah to approach unsuspecting people like that i mean 
I remember, yeah, I remember when we were like 14, 15, like we used to watch those videos of like, wow, this guy just goes up to random girls and just like basically starts making out with them. And like, it's, mm. he's so smooth. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? But it's like now in, especially in a post Me Too world, we sure. are cognizant of like how predatory and like disgusting that behavior is. And uh, well, I, for one, I definitely want to like watch that. I'm I'm interested, like you in you yeah, but yeah, it's just so much of that shit. Also, like the age of pranksters, that shit. We leave that shit behind mm-hmm. too. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. bad, man. It's so cringy. Yeah. See, that's uh, like the last thing I'll say about uh the pickup game is that uh, it goes into how like. A lot of these guys who are students, uh, and this isn't the case for all people who do this, but a lot of the guys who are in these classes play a lot of video games. Mm. And the grifters who are putting it on kind of latched onto that, and, and they gamified objecting women into, like, like oh, like, you can get it, in, like, beat the best record of like like getting a girl's number and like oh how many numbers yeah. did you get like you need yeah. this amount like it, like objectives and like like it's like an rpg For sure oh my god um, jesus yeah. yeah i yeah basically and it's basically them commodifying the male conquest that is so indoctrinated mm-hmm. um to a lot of young men that believe that only place their worth on like how desirable they are by girls which you know is uh definitely perpetuated by movies that we enjoyed as kids like american pie everything yeah yeah stuff like that what i was gonna say uh was that those videos of like oh like this guy like makes out with these girls like immediately um a lot of those the documentary reveals are fake which is actually worse uh because it's it's like showing these people it's like hey you can do this like, like if yeah. like you can get away with this and and they'll be into it but the the re- there's a reason that they're fake it's because nobody in their right mind no woman would just be like oh yeah sure cool um they'd be like well, I don't know you you're a stranger like do not do not do that to me so yeah right yeah god yeah well good food for thought um so uh Preston what we talk about on Mr nice guy we talk love and fear passion and creativity and so uh, we became friends through uh, our, our buddies, um, mutual friends, uh, Will Frang and the Goodland Gang. Um, that is true. Who, uh, yeah, uh, love those fellas. Uh, always a great time seeing them, hanging out with them. Uh, I'm helping, I'm actually uh, helping Will with some PR right now. So uh, yeah, I, I love those guys. The point is I met you through them. And um, I quickly learned that you were uh, also a musician, um, that, you know, you, uh, you play guitar, you play drums. Uh, I saw you actually, well, I didn't see maybe Hazel because I came late, um, but you guys, mm-hmm. but there was that kickback uh, in October in the backyard of Jake Johnson's house. And uh, I did see you drum with Mass Verde also a great band that's in that circle but um yeah i, I really latched on to your guys uh 
for one leads your, your first single fist fight uh, i love that song i still yeah. love it um i got really excited um when uh we covered that one on on breaking and entering and then the ep followed shortly after and it just contained a lot of like really interesting songwriting unique sound um just cool uh structures of indie pop and like sh it showed showcased like a unique sound that uh you guys are clearly inspired by so before we talk about yeah. the band and um everything uh that comes with that uh let's take it back a little bit so preston um where where did you grow up I grew up in the small town of Sussex, Wisconsin, a village, oh, yeah. actually. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's in Waukesha County. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, tell me about what uh, kind of just like the role that music played in your life when you were younger. Like when you were a kid, like what did what what was playing in the house a lot? Uh, what kind of music did you mm -hmm. listen to? That kind of thing okay yeah uh well when i was a baby my parents sang uh brain stew by green day to get me to nice. go to sleep uh yeah and uh yeah my dad uh was a big fan of uh weezer their first album and uh the cars mm -hmm. uh so that was playing a lot um and the cars uh rick okasic actually i later found out produced that first weezer record um which makes it sound the way that it does and uh other than that a lot of tom petty um like that's all from my dad's um side and my mom was never like super interested in music really uh she likes country music and you know i uh it enters my ears when it when it would be yeah, on right <laughs> uh that's sure, the most sure. <laughs> that's the most most i can say about it uh but yeah that was playing and uh really I like I found a lot of music like I kind of got into like more like rockier like indie music uh from uh the game rock band yeah uh that was a big uh I just remember like uh going to iTunes and like 99 cents buying uh all the songs separately um and that really opened me up to more alternative stuff like I liked rockier stuff before like uh like the typical uh middle school ACDC yeah um green day uh you know like blink 182 that sort of stuff uh but rock band and rock band's actually how i found out that i could play the drums too um i didn't know until like i was playing uh on like the hard and expert modes within like a couple weeks of getting the mm -hmm. game and uh yeah and just like every, every song on there like is like a different branch of like alternative or indie or like rock uh like i mean like maps by the yeah yeah yeah, is on yeah. and that was like super instrumental yeah. like that i consider that to be one of my favorite songs ever uh, that song and, is is a yeah. very like subtle bop um like definitely one of the yes. most iconic tunes of like 2000s indie for sure yeah um and then this is like kind of veering off a little bit but uh i was hanging out with uh with uh with jack uh jack bumgarner uh and uh he uh and we remixed uh wap with maps uh and made it's called waps 
and uh, <laughs> it, <was> a, <laughs> it actually turned out pretty well. But uh, good, uh, it's good stuff. So yeah, fascinating. You know, yeah. that's funny. For one, that's that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and second <laughs> of all, your your Twitter bio says um, if the drums in two weeks by Grizzly Bear was a person. And mind you, that was like, for one, aside from like, that's a lot of kids first indie song ever. Sure. Also, like, that was one of my favorite songs, like in high school, like I, Mm. my friends and I actually like made a music video to that song um, in my hometown from high school. Mm. And yeah, it's that song still like still gives the chills for sure yeah you know it's so ethereal yeah yeah i uh i really dig that song and grizzly bear in general is a great band um but yeah i uh i i just love the drum part on that i think that it's super uh intricate and kind of sporadic um like he really goes all around the kit on that one uh but while keeping it together while not having just a typical four on the floor beat i i really admire that yeah, I, I love Grizzly Bear. I actually got into them again recently uh, while I was um, taking some pictures along Bradford Beach, you know, in the ice formations and shit. Uh, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you. That's some that's some good Grizzly Bear um, uh, accompaniment for sure. Mm-hmm. So that was how you kind of got started, you know, rock band and the mm-hmm. getting into the different songs. So when did you like actually really start playing like, you know, uh, actual instruments yeah well uh it started with drums for sure um i'm not sure the exact timeline but uh maybe a year or so after i got rock band uh like whatever christmas that was my parents actually bought me a drum set uh which was a really big deal and i still count it as like uh probably the best gift i've ever been given ever um mm-hmm. and yeah uh it was just awesome and I would just spend so many hours in my basement because like when you're a kid you just have all this free time and you can't go anywhere Uh, I must have been 14 or so um Mm -hmm. so I I couldn't drive anywhere uh and like I'm just home a lot so like I would just uh crank up my iPod and put in my earbuds and just like blast along to like whatever um I was into at the time and that was really fun uh I think they are taken down, but I, I used to put up YouTube drum videos probably when I was like 15 or 16 of like Nirvana and uh, like just what whatever I was into. I, I liked I liked grunge a lot in high school uh, because the drums were always so like uh, like visceral and demanding. Uh, but yeah, um, so that's how that started. And in my small village of Sussex, uh, nobody really, there were a few drummers, uh, but I was like one of few. So uh, I got to play in a couple bands, which was nice. Um, Mostly pop punk stuff. I'm sure that you, uh, like anyone who had a band in high school, like around the time that we were in high school, like had a pop punk band. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Like if if you were to see a, a band of high schoolers play a show, like you could basically do like an uncut gem style bet that they were going to play like when I come around or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. My friends were uh, in a band called the original knockoffs. And uh, I just, the only thing I remember seeing them at our local pizza joint 
when we were like 15 was uh, I just remember they played basket case. That's mm-hmm. just like, that's the only memory I have of seeing them play. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's not too far off. Uh, pop punk is is a very um, it's a it's a common like catalyst into like the whole band format for a lot of people for sure. Yeah, and the thing about pop punk is um, I don't want to make anyone mad, but uh, generally uh, with pop punk, uh, all the instruments are kind of easy to play. Uh, like the guitars are usually like a couple power chords. Um, bass pretty much mirrors that. Um, a lot of the there are some incredible pop punk vocalists, and I'm only speaking about like Blink One Eighty Two and like Green Day and stuff. Yeah. But uh, like the vocals usually are are nothing like too like a couple octaves that's it but the drums in like the big bands like trey cool in green day or i mean travis barker in blink pretty demanding stuff uh so that's that's kind of that was kind of daunting uh in high school with like what were we even playing we were playing like uh just stuff off of uh enema of the state and like (laughs) i i would just watch like my bandmates just like doing doing these power chords and then I was playing like Dumpweed, just like it's it's not the easiest song on the drums, I'll tell you. But yeah, sure. I got you. Um, so um, you came to UWM. Um, was well, did you have any bands while you were uh, in college? Um, well, I did my freshman year at uh, UW Waukesha actually, and I had a band back then. I was uh part of them for i think two or three years um sort of pop punk but sort of alternative uh it it was a pop punk band when i joined but then i slowly uh veered it a little more to alternative uh when i showed uh when i showed the singer uh the front bottoms and then he got really into them and then uh there was kind of this like meld um but then i i ended things with them when I moved to Milwaukee just because like commute or whatever. And uh, yeah, things laid pretty dormant throughout uh, college in Milwaukee. I mean, just playing like a little bit uh, at like Zach's old house, like we would just like jam sometimes and that would be kind of the bulk of it. Um, But yeah, and then I I didn't join Maybe Hazel until uh, after I graduated, so. Yeah, sure, okay. I guess that's a good, good segue into um how you got involved with maybe hazel yeah so uh it was the um summer of 2019 sounds right um i was living in milwaukee and uh then uh i had to leave milwaukee very quickly uh so i moved back home and uh then about a month later, or two months, I uh, got uh, a couple of people together, and we were going to buy a house in Milwaukee. And I was looking on Craigslist for uh, like apartments and for sale or for rent and stuff. And um, just one day, I was searching, and then it dawned on me. I was like, you know, sometimes people post if they're looking for musicians. And so I looked, and uh, there was one of like uh, like a guitarist looking to start a band, like drummers needed. So I sent him uh, a very formal email, uh, and uh, 
like a, a link to like me drumming uh in my i hope band. this email finds you well <laughs> oh no uh i mean yeah real quick uh ben do you like to touch base or circle back i'm kind of i kind of like teeter between the two if i'm like reaching out to someone but um i'm big on the like the touch base yeah okay touch base yeah. cool touch base. anyway <laughs> anyway um so um i replied to that ad and uh I attached a video of my old band uh, covering uh, Twin Size Mattress by Front Bottoms. And uh, the the guy who turned out to be our guitarist, Wood, uh, reached out and he was like, hey, this is great. Um, like, we should meet up uh, and discuss. Uh, and I was like, cool. So he already had a singer who was Greg, who is our singer. And uh, we all met up at Lakefront Brewery, uh, which is very Wisconsin, Milwaukee thing to do. And uh, we, we didn't do a tour or anything, I don't believe. Uh, the it was a little hazy uh, because, yeah, we were at Lakefront Brewery. And uh, yeah, uh, so we just like got a table and we, we were all just talking about like just, it was just like getting to know you stuff, like a lot of music that we like. And we found like it was really eerie that we all had like a very similar taste in music, uh, and we all, uh, which I find to be more important, we all grew up with the same type of music. We all, um, going back to what you said earlier um, about um, maybe Hazel sounding like that like indie pop of like twenty tens, like that's really what we all grew up on, um, and in our teenage years, uh, like big on. Young the Giant was a big one. Uh, Foster the People. Mm. Um, I'd say Walk the Moon's like first record. I think that was really instrumental for like a lot of us. Yeah. Um, but we, we were all just like talking about all this stuff and like we all followed each other on Spotify and uh, started a, a group playlist that we could all put stuff in. Um, and yeah. And then we all, we all just bonded over like newer stuff like Hop Along and Always and stuff. And uh, yeah, I love Hop Along. Yep. Yep. Hop so one's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah. And then we put out another ad for a guitarist. And then we got Seth, uh, who is just an, an incredible uh, guitarist. And I will also say to not leave anyone else out. My whole band is incredible at, at what they do. They're, they're just the best. And uh, yeah. And then we uh, needed a bassist. And I was like, I know this guy uh, who also has a place where you can practice, um, uh, which was <laughs> also very important. So I hit up Zach and he's like, yeah, have him over. And then we did a practice, like, you know, Zach, he, he's very just like, yeah, have him over. And right. Then, yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, you guys are, you guys are jamming? Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we all went uh, and we had one practice and like, uh, we like I just was like hey like just learn like uh this Peach Pit song to cover um and we'll like go off of that and then we'll learn all the songs and after one practice I was like what do you think do you what what do you think and he's just like yeah okay and like <laughs> with those with those two words <laughs> is that yeah okay so that was good and then we just practiced at his place uh until he moved so where does the band name come from? You know, I'm not huge on this question because it's not interesting. <laughs> it, it was literally just like, 
uh there's like a kernel of interest i guess but uh we just had like a, a list of names um and uh the last one was hazel and uh seth was talking to his uh then girlfriend and now girlfriend uh about it and uh he was listing off these names and he said and maybe hazel and then she was like wait like maybe hazel is like the band name because that would be pretty cool and then we were like let's have that as a placeholder because I've been in I've been in so many bands where we get hung up on the name before we even start making any music and then it just turns out to be nothing uh like the project doesn't get off the ground which I always think is a real shame so I was like let's focus on the music and then the the name will come uh but it was just something where maybe Hazel just stuck and we just didn't come up with anything better yeah. and now it's on all of our stuff so too late yeah I guess <laughs> You're kind of, uh, you're pretty knee deep in that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a band's name doesn't have to have like, you know, this total like aha moment. Sometimes it just kind of, it it's, can just come from spur of the moment shit like that. Yeah. The, the real thing is that like, there are so many bands these days and, uh, a lot of the names, uh, I'm not gonna say are bad, but I'm gonna say it doesn't matter. Uh, like uh, I'm, you may be familiar with uh, a band called Slaughter Beach Dog. I am. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's Slaughter Beach, comma Dog, and uh, it's uh, Jake Ewald from uh, Modern Baseball. And uh, I remember, and Modern Baseball is another one where the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, like you're just doing like the American football thing, but. Uh, like slaughter beach dog i i find in my personal opinion to be a bad band name like that is like not a good band name but after listening and becoming a fan when when i say slaughter beach dog i'm not saying slaughter beach dog i'm saying slaughter beach dog yeah like, i'm not i'm not i like it's not going in my mind that i'm saying those words it's simply what i refer to as jakey Walt's acoustic uh career so it yeah. doesn't really matter as long as the music's good. Yeah, I, I feel that. I mean, I'm not very big on just very cumbersome names. Like, the world is a beautiful place and oh, yeah. people are afraid to die. Like, yeah, sure. I usually just say world is a beautiful place. If I'm like yeah. referencing the band. Another one is, and you will know us by the trail of the dead. And yeah, it's like trail of the dead. Did you listen to that new trail of the dead record? You know, it's like that's you can just kind of abridge it appropriately. Yeah. Um, so before I uh, ask about the EP itself, um, I do want to hear more about Fist Fight, like particularly. Um, sure. Yeah. Is this song? Um, the song is just like a total like pop banger for for the beach. It's it's a song I'm excited to. Uh, you know, um, it's a song that'll be fun to jump around with your friends to that you haven't seen in a long time, like after mm. COVID's over. Um, so tell me about just kind of how this song uh, came to be. Fist Fight, the post-COVID anthem. Rest. Yes, uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so Fist Fight um, was the second song we ever wrote. Um, we, we uh, at the time of recording the album, which uh, we'll get into, uh, the only songs we had written were the five that were on the record. And even those weren't done, but mm -hmm. we'll, that, we'll save that. Uh, 
fist fight um second song we ever wrote uh we have a google drive that we share with everyone in the band and we just upload riffs or just ideas uh that we have and seth uploaded this riff that would become the opening riff to fist fight um and he named it fist fight and uh that was just like a a lucky thing i guess because uh, he, he brought it to practice and then we were just working it out and uh all greg our singer knew was that the title was fist fight and he and this would become the maybe hazel writing process where like we all like banged out the the music and then he would scurry in the corner and then with a notepad and like just start like writing ideas and concepts uh greg is a is a wonderful songwriter and he um he likes songs to have a um an overall theme or a concept to them uh, and fistfight is no exception uh because and we would later learn that uh anyone who upload uploads a riff uh to the google drive has a lot of power because they can name the song the the riff anything and then, and then greg will write about that um oh. yeah the same thing happened with uh nightlight as well the the closer on the record yeah and uh yeah so he's in the corner and we're hammering it out and uh there's there was a it, it was our most collaborative song i think that uh came to be um just because uh that pre-chorus of uh face just don't hit the face that was uh mu musically that was zach's doing a lot uh and then uh, the lyrics that that was my, that's my only lyrical contribution to the record is like I, I just like scurried over to Greg I was like you got you have to put in somewhere like just don't hit my face or like something like that uh, so that made it in and uh, and then Greg just came through with this incredible kind of story but also like very it's vague enough where you can fill in the blanks of what's yeah. going on and you can kind of get the feel that like he's not maybe really talking about a fist fight. He might be just talking about, uh, you know, whatever whatever you might think that it does. Uh, but the way that Greg said it was, it's about like getting in a fight, but it's also about getting through a day, um, just like a really tough day that just seems to want to beat you down consistently, and you just have to keep getting back up. Yeah, yeah which has been pretty much every day of this past year uh, in yeah. one way or another. Yeah. And then the, uh, and then the outro, um, which is my personal favorite part of the song uh, is uh, that was uh, my idea. And I uh, just like a few weeks ago, I realized that I accidentally maybe lifted that idea from uh, the song Spiderwebs by No Doubt um i was listening to that album tragic kingdom and then that outro came where it like slows down and does like kind of the upstroke thing and i was like yeah. ah oh man like that's where i got that i'm not a lyric i'm not a musical genius but uh yeah so that's this fight in general right. awesome so thanks for sharing that yeah still love that song oh yeah i still uh i still show people that song um yeah i'm like i said very much looking forward to uh it um lightening up a room yeah so direct to home video um i guess uh you can take it away on just how the whole thing got pieced together sure um direct home video 
was it was a real process uh because as as previously mentioned zach had to um had to move to uh the carolinas at the end of at the end of july and we were all quarantining from march to june and then we basically came together in the group chat and we're like okay we have we have like two and a half songs basically and uh and a few ideas of other things so let's um like we expanded our social circle to like us basically and uh we all got together and we were like with for the next three weeks because that's how much time we had we're gonna get together and we're gonna write and we're gonna record this whole thing and uh that's exactly what happened it came down to like the very last day basically um uh and this was uh all of us were working full-time too, uh, working from home. Uh, so we were all putting in 40 hours a week while also trying to get together and finish this record, uh, finish writing it and then recording it. Um, it was recorded um, live, which uh, like ev- everyone but Greg um, was playing at the same time, which I was kind of wary about, but it actually turned out really well, I think. Um, because like I've heard live recordings that maybe didn't go over so well, but. Uh, but I, uh, I have faith in Zach, and of course, Scrum Shalescent uh, turned out great, and that was similarly recorded for some of the songs. Um, so, yeah, and it was just a real, like, nail-biter to the finish to do it. Uh, the songs Thoughts, Afterthoughts, and the second half of The Dearth were um, all written within that three weeks. Um, the the one that was really 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 scraped together was thoughts uh we really just had okay there's gonna be a cool effect on the guitar yeah and then mm, who knows something uh and then uh basically greg had like scribbled lyrics and then while we were recording the instruments he would give me different signals to when to change to like the b part where i would like switch up what i'm doing uh and if you're familiar with the uh, John Travolta Nicolas Cage film Face Off, uh, <laughs> he yeah. uh, he did the uh, this to to signal that we were coming out of the chorus. So, just a little uh, maybe Hazel lore for you guys. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the right the uh, the signals. I thought I think it turned out great. You know. Um, mm-hmm especially for your first record. Um, Thoughts definitely, um, that song stuck out to me a lot um, with the the guitar effect definitely uh, gave me like some really, it's like very like mind warping sort of, kind of like disorienting, but in like a really, but in like a fun way. And then the last song, Nightlight. Mm -hmm. um, Nightlight versus the dearth. Versus the dearth, yeah. I I fought tooth and nail to have it be called that. By the way, um, with with the dearth, uh, good job. Specifics. Good job. Yeah. Um. I I also fought tooth and nail. I lost this battle, but um, for what you do to me, the second track, I wanted it to be uh, where the uh the word two was the numeral two, and the word U was like the letter U, um, 
I didn't get my wish there, but it is on the uh, the album art. Um, one of the VHSs on the album art is uh, What You Do To Me with the numeral, so. Well, I guess that's a, that's a fair compromise. I'll take it. I, as long as I get the dearth, that's fine. Right, yeah, yeah. Dearth was was imperative. Yeah. Um, what, so where did the, th- the concept of the VHSs come out? Yeah, um, that was all Greg for sure. He really liked the idea of like hearkening back to like those times where like um, like you would like take home videos. Like uh, I don't know, I don't know about your family when you were younger, but like my family had like this big like camera, this huge like thing that would make like tapes or whatever, and like we would lug it around and do it just for like Christmas mornings usually or birthdays or um, anything like that. And uh, Greg kind of wanted to harken back to that time. And uh, he wanted uh, to kind of give off the appeal of like being like kind of homey and kind of like like scrappy, like with the record because like, yeah. And I, and I really like that idea. And, and I kind of like, it's like a pseudo play on words of like, cause it's like direct to video, uh, like, uh, if you like put in like a VHS or a DVD anywhere between like 2002 and 2008, like that, like blaring, like, uh, like coming soon to a home video. Yeah. yeah that, that logo actually just, um, uh, circulated on Facebook the other day. I shared it. It's mm-hmm. like, are you this old or yeah. some shit like that? Yeah. <laughs> coming yeah, so, soon to theaters. Yeah. Yeah. So Greg told me about that. Um, and I really liked the idea, uh, and my interpretation of it was just, uh, like, I just thought about watching someone else's home videos, um, because I, I've never had that experience, but uh, I had someone uh, sit around my family, who's not part of my family, watch my home videos with us, and uh, it, it's a very interesting experience, Uh of just like someone seeing someone who like really, really cares about you and the way you are now, like seeing something from like a bygone era, like a time where like they didn't know you uh, when you were just like however many years mm-hmm. old. Um, I thought that was a really interesting concept. Um, and uh, yeah, I was all for it. Uh, if I remember correctly, Zach had some pushback. He's like, why Why is it direct a home video? It doesn't make sense, Craig. And there was like a little bit of pushback, but uh, I think Zach got it eventually. Shout out to Zach. <laughs> friend, of, friend of the pod. Yeah, yeah he came around. Uh, um, interesting. I, I mean, I'm all for uh, the nostalgic imagery. So, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I like it. Um, um, well, that being said, uh, what's, what's next for you guys? Uh, what are you working on now? Oh, boy. Well, we, um, we get together um, about every week to practice. And right now we are uh, going to be, you probably have heard word of this, but we are going to be on a cover compilation. Um, being put on by another Milwaukee band. Um, and it's going to be a cover compilation of a band that was previously mentioned in this very episode of the podcast. 
and that's all <laughs> that's all i can say um <laughs> probably i could probably say more but it's fine uh so we're uh we're excited about that we're practicing the song um and then we're also working on some new music we don't know if we're gonna just do like a single um or if we want to expand into like a uh full album right away um and then we are working on a cover of ribs by lord and we're trying to do something oh, like that i love that song yeah. who doesn't love that song exactly like, all the hot people they love that song. <laughs> yeah that's um, a hot person song definitely is um well that's exciting uh i imagine uh you guys are yearning to, to play more shows for sure um, Preston, yeah. I want to thank you and I appreciate you for uh, joining me today. Talk about maybe Hazel, talk a little bit about uh, um, doing the old boom baps uh, behind the kit. Uh, and, That's what uh, I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and it's just great to see you. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely yeah, great to see you. Yeah. So on our way out, as we close out, I ask everyone the same two questions. Uh, first is, what keeps you up at night? You know, um, I'm glad that, I mean, like, I'm glad we didn't get like too political, although like you and I definitely agree on a lot of things, uh, sure but yeah. what keeps me up at night is the fact that in America, it feels like we have to compromise with what constitutes as basic human rights, and then we can't even seem to get the compromise. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that tires me during the day, but it keeps me up at night. <laughs> no. Funny how that works. Yeah, what a paradox. Um, on the other hand, though, what puts you to sleep? Uh, my guitar, uh, my guitarist Seth is going to hate me for this, but uh, Foxing's second album puts me to sleep. You know, uh, there's a song on there I really like. It's like, isn't that the Magdalene? I think is what it's called. I know that like the needle drop completely ripped that album apart, but I, I don't watch him. Okay, for some reason, a lot of people like think that I really like Anthony Fantano and like watch his stuff all the time just because I like certain music. But like, is, they're like, oh, like Anthony Fantano said it's good, so now you can too. It's like, dude, I don't. <laughs> no, no, not. I mean, dude, like. For one, yeah, I was right. Yeah, the second track on that album, Magdalene, okay. I really like that song. But second of all, people just like need to just like, for one, people watch Fantano because he's entertaining, he's articulate, and he just has a very like charismatic way of like dissecting an album. And like yeah. people just have to take his opinions to either just with a grain of salt as you would anyone else. Like I watch yeah. him because I just like hearing what he has to say, but he is shat on so many albums I like, but he's also praised a lot of albums I don't like. I just, I think honestly, if anything, he's like my reference for like when things come out, like sure. I'll be like, oh, he reviewed the, oh, someone dropped like, and he reviewed it. Like, I guess I have to listen to this now. But yeah, he's got, he's got the hustle down. That's the thing is like he uh I think he's like perfected the video review. I think that like he's yeah. completely got the monopoly on that um 
and you're right like he is charismatic and entertaining and although like i usually don't watch him just because like i don't like video reviews aren't really my thing like i'll just probably read something uh in pitchfork uh your tweet earlier today but, uh, <laughs> Dude, not I, that one i mean i still i still look at pitchfork too it's fine yeah. you know <laughs> although although pitchfork did give the new weezer album a very bad score and anthony gave it a very good score so i might be changing my opinion oh uh, yeah also yeah if you haven't heard okay human by weezer it's actually really good it's their first listenable record in like five years so um, okay i i haven't heard it yet um yeah. but yeah i mean just it's just like people can't be so tribalistic about like music publications and reviewers and it just can't like that's the whole problem with taste making in music that i can't stand i mean yes i do still look at it to kind of find new stuff and be like oh what am i like what album should i maybe start with and then what can i how can i keep digging but it's like people have to retain their autonomy of liking their own shit like liking what they like you know and yeah but it just becomes it, yeah. it just becomes like such a huge like pillar of who you are as a person that yeah. like whenever like whenever someone has a different opinion it can sometimes feel like you're being attacked like personally because I, I had that in high school definitely um because i listened to radiohead and like people made fun of me because i liked radiohead uh which i always found to be weird but uh it's weird like why would like well, i would make fun of people for not listening to radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like yeah i mean i was like freshman in high school like uh listening to radiohead and everyone was like that's so weird but uh that's fine so like I've, I've been through it but like i that taught me like it doesn't really matter what anyone thinks like i personally love when tom york croons in my ear i i find that to be a very pleasurable experience um but other people seem to not so it's okay um but anyway, uh, the the first boxing record though is uh, awesome, and the third one is incredible. So, oh sure, okay. Well, yes, circling back to boxing, yes, yes. Um, thank you for being on the show. Mm -hmm. This was awesome uh, once again, and uh, for everyone watching, uh, be sure to stream maybe Hazel direct to home video uh, streaming, and. Uh, um, really yeah great record go listen to it looking forward to what they're doing next uh what they work on the compilation they'll be on all that fun stuff um mm -hmm. thank you for watching mr nice guy as always we'll see you next time yeah.